Chapter Six of the Double Trader by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Six. Norgate spent an utterly fruitless morning on the day after his arrival in London. After a lengthy but entirely unsatisfactory visit to the Foreign Office, he presented himself soon after midday at Scotland Yard. I should like, he announced, to see the chief commissioner of the police. The official to whom he addressed his inquiry eyed him tolerantly. "'Have you by any chance an appointment?' he asked. "'None,' Norgate admitted. "'I only arrived from the continent this morning.' The policeman shook his head slowly. "'It is quite impossible, sir,' he said, "'to see Sir Philip without an appointment. Your best course would be to write and state your business, and his secretary will then fix a time for you to call.' "'Very much obliged to you, I'm sure,' Norgate replied. "'However, my business is urgent, and if I can't see Sir Philip Morse, I will see someone else in authority.' Norgate was regaled with a copy of the Times and a seat in a barely furnished waiting-room. In about twenty minutes he was told that a Mr. Tyrit would see him, and was promptly shown into the presence of that gentleman. Mr. Tyrit was a burly and black-bearded person of something more than middle age. He glanced down at Norgate's card in a somewhat puzzled manner, and motioned him to a seat. "'What can I do for you, sir?' he inquired. "'Sir Philip is very much engaged for the next few days. But perhaps you can tell me your business.' "'I have just arrived from Berlin,' Norgate explained. "'Would you care to possess a complete list of German spies in this country?' Mr. Tyrant's face was not one capable of showing the most profound emotion. Nevertheless, he seemed a little taken aback. A list of German spies, he repeated. Dear me, that sounds very interesting. He took up Norgate's card and glanced at it. The action was, in its way, significant. You probably don't know who I am, Norgate continued. I have been in the diplomatic service for eight years. Until a few days ago, I was attached to the embassy in Berlin. Mr. Tyrant was somewhat impressed by the statement. Have you any objection to telling me how you became possessed of this information? None whatever, was the prompt reply. You shall hear the whole story. Norgate told him, as briefly as possible, of his meeting with Seligman, their conversation, and the subsequent happenings, including the interview which he had overheard on the golf links at Knock. When he had finished, there was a brief silence. Sounds rather like a page out of a novel, doesn't it, Mr. Norgate? the police official remarked at last. It may, Norgate assented dryly. I can't help what it sounds like. It happens to be the exact truth. I do not for a moment doubt it, the other declared politely. I believe indeed that there are a large number of Germans working in this country who are continually collecting and forwarding to Berlin commercial and political reports. Speaking on behalf of my department, however, Mr. Norgate, he went on, this is briefly our position. In the neighborhood of our naval bases, our dockyards, our military aeroplane sheds, and in other directions which I need not specify, we keep the most scrupulous and exacting watch. We even, as of course you are aware, employ decoy spies ourselves, who work in conjunction with our friends at Whitehall. Our system is a rigorous one, and our supervision of it unceasing. But, and this is a big but, Mr. Norgate, in other directions, so far as regards the country generally, that is to say, we do not take the subject of German spies seriously. I may almost say that we have no anxiety concerning their capacity for mischief. 
those are the views of your department norgate asked so far as i may be said to represent it they are mr tyrant assented i will venture to say that there are many thousands of letters a year which leave this country addressed to germany purporting to contain information of the most important nature which might just as well be published in the newspapers we ought to know because at different times we have opened a good many of them forgive me if i press this point norgate begged do you consider that because a vast amount of useless information is naturally sent that fact lessens the danger as a whole if only one letter in a thousand contains vital information isn't that sufficient to raise the subject to a more serious level mr tyrant crossed his legs his tone still indicated the slight tolerance of the man convinced beforehand of the soundness of his position for the last twelve years he announced ever since i came into office in fact this bogey of german spies has been costing the nation something like fifty thousand a year it is only lately that we have come to take that broader view of the situation which i am endeavouring to to may i say enunciate germans over in this country especially those in comparatively menial positions such as barbers and waiters are necessary to us industrially so long as they earn their living reputably conform to our laws and pay our taxes they are welcome here we do not wish to unnecessarily disturb them we wish instead to offer them the full protection of the country in which they have chosen to do productive work very interesting norgate remarked i have heard this point of view before once i thought it common sense today i think it academic piffle if we leave the germans engaged in the inland towns alone for a moment do you realize i wonder that there isn't any seaport in england that hasn't had its sprinkling of germans engaged in the occupations of which you speak and in a general way mr tyrant assented smiling they are perfectly welcome to write home to their friends and relations each week and tell them everything they see happening about them everything they know about us norgate rose reluctantly to his feet i won't trouble you any longer he decided i presume that if i make a few investigations on my own account and bring you absolute proof that any one of these people whose names are upon my list are in traitorous communication with germany you will view the matter differently without a doubt mr tyrant promised is that your list will you allow me to glance through it i brought it here to leave in your hands norgate replied passing it over your attitude however seems to render that course useless mr tyrant adjusted his eyeglasses and glanced benevolently at the document a sharp ejaculation broke from his lips as his eyes wandered downwards his first expression of incredulity gave way to one of suppressed amusement why mr norgate he exclaimed as he laid it down do you mean to seriously accuse these people of being engaged in any sort of league against us most certainly i do norgate insisted but the thing is ridiculous mr tyrant declared there are names here of princes of bankers of society women many of them wholly and entirely english some of them household names you expect me to believe that these people are all linked together in what amounts to a conspiracy to further the cause of germany at the expense of the country in which they live to which they belong norgate picked up his hat i expect you to believe nothing mr tyrant he said dryly sorry i troubled you not at all mr tyrant protested the slight irritation passing from his manner such a visit as yours is an agreeable break in my routine work i feel as though i might be a character 
in a great modern romance. The names of your amateur criminals are still tingling in my memory. Norgate turned back from the door. Remember them if you can, Mr. Tyrant, he advised. You may have cause to, some day. End of chapter 6 Recording by Tom Weiss TomsAudiobooks.com